Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Children's Ministry. My name is Sam Beam, and I am stoked that you are here with me today. We're kicking it off with part two of uh, making sure that we are taking care of those vulnerable kids in our ministry, the kids who have experienced trauma, uh, along with the kids who just have additional needs and need uh, a good and uh, easy way to be able to be a part of our community, right? Uh, if you haven't been listening along, the heart behind this is that we have kids that are coming into our ministry who have experienced trauma, who have experienced hard things in their life. Not only that, but we have kids who come into our ministry every day who have experienced a hard day, uh, who have additional or special needs that they need to take, uh, you know, special effort for us uh, to be able to work with them. And so what we've been talking about uh, has been ma- based around kids who have experienced trauma, but is a general uh, great rule of thumb for how to run your ministry with all kids. We want to uh, incorporate inclusivity and love and care for them so that it doesn't matter if a kid comes from a terrible background or just comes from a terrible morning. We are equipped to love these kids so that they understand the love of Christ. So the last week we talked about a few things like uh, playtime and games and worship and things like that. Today we're going to look at some more elements of our services and our weekly uh, and then we will break it down and look at some of the things like outside of our service, how do we deal with discipline with kids like this, uh, and what can we do moving forward. So today, uh, like I said, we are kicking off with how do we do it during our lessons, during our teaching time, when someone is on stage presenting and teaching, uh, or someone in a in a smaller group setting is teaching a lesson, and everyone should be listening. Uh, if you are anything like me, uh, you know that sometimes it just feels like a battle. It just feels some days like you're just sitting there and you're just tug of warring with the kid and you're just saying like, please just let me get through this 15 minutes. At this point, I don't care what you do. Just stop being a nuisance, right? Um, the, the reality is um, these kids are difficult. That is okay to admit that we have a difficult time dealing with certain kids and their behaviors. Um, They are a challenge and we have to acknowledge that. And if we are not willing to acknowledge it and act like it's all good and they're just doing their thing, uh, then uh, there are negative ramifications there. So it's okay to admit that they are uh, difficult uh, at certain times, uh, and that is just the reality of ministry. Uh, We deal with difficult parents just like we deal with difficult kids, uh, and uh, that is honestly our time that we get to shine the brightest. Um, If you think about the context of these kids' lives, they have uh, always had a difficult life, um, and so pretty much they're just testing. A lot of times they're just saying, hey, are you just going to leave me and abandon me uh, or hurt me or whatever it is that they've experienced like everyone else has? Think about the context of their schooling, their home life, whatever it is. A lot of times they kind of get lumped into a bucket of bad kids, of disrespectful kids, of kids that don't really have a future, uh, and that's where they stay. And so we never want to leave kids like that, right? We as a church, our job is restoration Uh, We want to restore these kids, not through our amazing programming and how open we are to them, uh, but because uh, we want to love them and show them the love of Jesus Christ, who will do that transforming work. So the lessons are important, right? Uh, That's where a lot of our main teaching does. And depending on the style of your church, maybe you do more in small group as well, uh, or maybe the lessons are the big bread and butter of your day. Whatever it is, uh, we want the lessons to be important for the kids. And so let's go through a few ways that we can help uh, tailor these lessons and the time in those lessons to kids who have those additional needs through trauma or whatever it is. And so number one is be consistent. Be consistent with 
your lessons, be consistent with what they look like, be consistent with everything like that. Uh, one of the things that will throw a kid off the most is if you start changing things up on them on a regular basis. Uh, a kid wants to come in and no stability and no comfort. Um, so be consistent with the speakers, right? Don't change somebody up every single week and just kind of throw your people up there. Have two or three really well-skilled, consistent leaders that can come up and teach. Um, for us, we have two or three large group communicators, and then our curriculum also provides a Bible story so that if there's ever an event where it's like, oh no, uh, this person got sick this morning and so no one really had time to prepare, we can throw up that video. But we are consistent with uh, what our lesson looks like. Uh, we are relatively consistent with our service order as well. Um, if we change anything up, we are always very communicative with it. We let the kids know, hey, we're changing this up. It's going to look like this, this, and this today. Um, because a lot of those kids, when you start changing things up, it just dysregulates them, and that's just a bad time for them, and it can lead to a bad time for us. So uh, be consistent with how your, your things look. Don't change up where the lessons happen one day and then what they look like the next, and then you're doing all of these things. Um, you know, it's okay to have a variety of teaching styles, right, and different object lessons, but um, don't be changing major components of your teaching on a regular basis. Uh, the second one is keep it brief. This one is a big one and an important one. Um, and I, I am guilty of this because sometimes I just feel like I have to fill the space in our uh, service, right? I'm like, okay, you know, small group should be letting out at this time and I've got 25 minutes, so I should just make this lesson extra long. Uh, but the reality is that is not good for our kids. That's not going to set them up for excess, success if we have to sit there and uh, have them try and sit still for 25 minutes. That's not going to work at all. Um, so uh, make sure you keep it brief, right? Uh, think about their attention spans. And um, I, I like to use the average of their age is about how many minutes you can get attention out of them. So if you have a K-5 ministry, um, you have kindergartners, which are five or six, which means you have about six minutes to keep their attention. If you are lucky, I think the digital age is definitely sucking away a lot of that. And so I would take a few minutes off of that. So in reality, you have four to five minutes of a kid engaged. Now, that doesn't mean that you do a four to five minute lesson. But what it means is that if you were doing a 15 minute lesson, then every four to five minutes, you need a component of your lesson that re-engages, right? So it can be a object lesson, right? Uh, you can come up and do something really cool that the kids get engaged with um, that's different from the story. Uh, you can split it up with little videos. So one of our curriculums we used at one point had small little videos, and we would plug those in at strategic times during the lesson so that a kid could re-engage on the video, and then you would come back up and finish your lesson. Uh, but uh, make sure that if you are doing prolonged lessons that you have things to split it up. Maybe you do half the lesson, do worship with everybody, do the other half of the lesson. Uh, but whatever it is, make sure you're splitting it up and do keep it relatively brief, right? 30 minutes is probably too long. And I know some of you guys may have people that want to sit there and teach for 30 minutes. Um, so maybe you have to have a conversation there with them about uh, making sure we're conscious because this really isn't even just kids with those additional needs or who have experienced trauma. This is every kid, right? You're not going to find a kid that can sit for more than 10, 15 minutes well without starting to fidget and move and talk with their neighbor and need to do things. And so try and tailor yours to maybe 10, 15 minutes, especially for those younger kids, right? Uh, our ministries are split up. So we have a kindergarten through second and a third through fifth ministry. Um, and so those third through fifth, they can get a little bit of a longer lesson. They have a little bit more of that attention span of maturity. Um, so it just depends on what your ministry looks like.
The next one is connect emotions in your stories, right? Connect those pieces together and talk through those. So the thing that a lot of these uh, kids who have experienced trauma experiences, uh, you know, they don't uh, they don't know what to do with these emotions. They don't know what it looks like. They don't know why they have these emotions. Um, and it's, it is from abandonment or abuse or whatever that they've experienced, but they don't know what the emotions are about. And so when you're telling that story, make sure to connect emotions into the story so that they know. Don't just talk about how Noah built the ark and got on, but talk about how Noah was probably really afraid about getting on that ark. And, uh, and, and what did that look like? And uh, you know, what does it mean? What are you afraid of? And you know what? God delivered Noah even though he was afraid. And that means that God can deliver you even when you're afraid. Really dive into those emotions. Dive into the people's emotions. Show them that these Bible stories are not some hero that they cannot attain, uh, but that they are people like us and they felt these things. And another thing with that is engaging conversations. Talk with the kids. Um, that is one of a really one of those really good re-engagement techniques. Is if you want to re-engage kids, talk to them. So think about the Noah example, right? Noah was getting on the ark, and he knew that there was going to be a flood. How do you think Noah felt? Or put it in their shoes. How would you feel if you were Noah? Would you be scared? Or what? And talk with the kids. Engage with them. Have those conversations. Let the kids be a part of the learning and the expression, right? A lot of times they are sitting in classes all day where they are just sitting and being talked to or, you know, reading things through their Chromebooks or whatever it is. Uh, so when they come in and they can uh, participate in the story, that really, really helps connect them. Um, along with that, uh, do some, uh, what is titled in the book, cooperative learning, uh, which means you're kind of putting things in their ballpark to think through, uh, and it kind of connects with the conversation as well, but things where they are um, uh, sitting there and have to think through uh, and put themselves in the shoes of some of these ideas. And so uh, give them questions, give them thoughts, ask them things about their life, uh, and help them kind of connect those things from the story uh, of a guy who has been dead for thousands of years. What does that have to do with me, a first grader who you know doesn't have a dad and his mom is having a hard time. What does that have to do with me? How does uh, this guy building a boat affect my life? And so uh, start asking key questions for those kids to be able to apply into their lives. Another thing is make sure to include everyone. Um, so if you're doing a story and you have an object, object lesson or something you want the kids to participate, make sure that you uh, include everyone in that. Um, and so you may not be able to pick every kid every time, uh, but sometimes we got to pick the kids that don't show the best uh, on-stage abilities, right? Sometimes we want to pick them and include them and give them some of that role and some of that responsibility um, so that they feel included, that they feel a part of it. If we skip over the kid that's always talking because they're always talking, uh, they, they will continue to disengage from the lesson. But if they feel like they have that worth and that value, uh, that they bring something to the table, um, they are more likely to engage uh, and feel uh, encouraged and loved. So uh, include them, let them be a part, even if it kind of runs your thing sideways, uh, be patient and loving with them. Um, and then use different strategies for teaching, uh, use different strategies for working with the kids as well. Um, so definitely use different kind of object lessons. Um, some kids want to be a hands-on kind of learner. Some kids 
uh, can connect well with object lessons. Some kids can connect well with images and visuals. Use all of those different things to connect these stories for the groups of kids that need that, right? Don't just stick to one style of teaching. Make sure you have a dynamic teaching that connects multiple different things um, and allow them to uh, really connect in multiple different ways. So that is teaching. Uh, there's a lot in there during the lesson. Uh, and then we're going to jump into an even chunkier bit, uh, which is small groups. Uh, and for you, uh, you may break out into small groups. You may have Sunday school groups. You may have classroom groups, whatever it is that you do with your kids. Uh, most of you guys are breaking these kids out into smaller groups uh, to digest and work through some of the lessons. And so for the small groups, uh, number one is make them safe, right? The number one thing you want to do for these kids who have dealt with trauma and have those additional needs is make sure they feel safe. So whether that's the kid uh, closing the door and making sure it's secure, whether it's the kid um, being able to check all of the stuff out and make sure it looks good, right? You can give them some pre-service activities where you say, hey, I need you to go through all of our small group stuff and make sure we have everything that we need uh, and, and make sure that they feel safe and also make sure that they feel relationally safe. Uh, make sure that they are... Um, uh, you know, they, they know that in small group, uh, things that are said stay in small group. Um, and if a kid ever says anything that you need to talk to a parent or another person about, you will let them know. You say, hey, um, you said this, and so I'm going to talk with some people so that we can find you some help, that we can work through these hard things so that you're not betraying their trust, right? Um, but make sure that they feel safe. Make sure that the kids in your group know that what is said in group stays in group and that you really stick to that. Um, one of the ways to do that is to be uh, appropriately vulnerable. Um, and so open up with your kids some, right? Uh, talk through some of the things that you're dealing with um, and let them know. And, and with that, always make sure it is appropriate for your kids, right? Don't break down the divorce that you're going through with your kids and talk to them about how you're struggling. That, that's oversharing for a second grader. Um, but do talk about a hard day you had the other day where, you know, things didn't go your way and you got frustrated and you said something you shouldn't have. When a kid sees that a, an adult struggles with the same things that they do, uh, they're going to connect and open up naturally. Um, and that is, once again, general advice for everything. Always be uh, appropriately but vulnerable uh, with these kids so that they can uh, understand what it means to be vulnerable and have an example for that. Uh, another thing to do in there uh, is listen for the subtle messages of the kids. Um, a lot of times a kid will say something that may not make sense in the context of what's going on. Um, but if you push that a little bit deeper, uh, you may be able to really understand what they're going on. So maybe they just, uh, you know, talk about some random thing that happens and uh, you catch just a glimpse of something that you're like, oh, you added a little bit of detail there uh, and push into some of their stories. If you have a kid that doesn't really say much. Um, and they either share something they haven't before um, or they say something additional to what they would. Uh, look into those subtle messages for a kid on what they may need and what um, you can do for them, right? Uh, never be afraid to sit there and ask them more questions. Um, obviously, don't push into them and force them to say anything they don't want to. Um, but a lot of times a kid may say something kind of baiting and hoping that you will ask more uh, because they're too afraid to just outright say it and they need an adult to guide them down that path. Another thing is set up the kids for success, um, which means uh, how you structure your small group really does matter, especially for kids who have experienced uh, trauma and many additional things, right? If you sit there 
um, and you uh, have them sit for 30 minutes during a lesson and then immediately dismiss them into small group, uh, they're going to want to go crazy. They're going to want to bounce around. They're going to want to go everywhere. And this is something I'm currently wrestling in my uh, ministry because I, I see that. I read this in the book and I was like, oh, that makes sense because we sit there and do the lesson. And then after the lesson, uh, we go out uh, and do small group. And the kids are like, yeah, because they just got up from sitting down for 15 minutes and they want to release some of that tension and energy. So set up your service order in a way that helps them release that. I'm thinking we might change where our worship goes and put that worship at the end um, so that the kids can uh, get up, move, and do worship uh, before they dismiss into everything else. And let some of that energy out, right? If we're having kids sit and then putting them in group and then we're like, why are they being so crazy? Well, we know that's because they've been sitting for 20 minutes and they need to let some of that out. Um, also, uh, make the group engaging and uh, enjoyable, right? Don't just make it, uh, you know, sitting down and memorizing scripture or uh, the don't make a group just a second lesson time, right? And make sure with your leaders that they're not just sitting there teaching the lesson again, but they're letting the kids participate um, and be a part of it. Uh, another thing for you is model for the kids uh, what it looks like to be a good part of the group. So listening well, uh, engaging well with the kids, asking follow-up questions, making sure you're taking time. Uh, and really, uh, just along with that, making the kids feel valued as part of your group. So uh, if they say something, follow up, right? If they say, man, I've got this test coming up and I'm really scared about it. Then during the test, uh, you know, after that comes up, ask them about that. Or even better, call them before the test, right? Uh, you can do that. You can call their parent and say, hey, can I talk to Susie? Uh, I know she's got a test coming up, and I want to encourage her and tell her I'm praying for her, right? That will make a world of difference for a kid who has experienced trauma, who has been abandoned, who has been left, who has been hurt by others, to know that there's an adult out there that cares for them so much that they would call on the phone to check on them for their test or their big sports game or the recital that's coming up. Make them feel valued. Follow up. Know their birthdays. Give them uh, a little gift for their birthdays. Go above and beyond and spend time uh, with those kids loving them. Uh, another thing, and this is just a tenet from um, our ministry is is go outside of the walls of the church. Watch their first and second grade basketball games. Be a part of the third grade, grade baseball game. Watch that fifth grade band performance. Whatever it is, be a part of that and connect with those kids. So that's what I've got for you guys today. Uh, the lesson in the small group, those are big components of your services and making sure that we are attentive to the needs of those who have experienced trauma really does matter. So think through these things and think about how you can apply them into your own ministry. Uh, and then I'll be out here next week. We're going to be talking about special events, which is super interesting, like camps and VBSs and things like that. We're also going to be looking at, like, how do we deal with discipline when it comes to working with these kids? And I'm super excited about that um, because that is something that we, I think we all think through. As we're thinking through this is how do I discipline a kid who has gone to a point where they need it? So uh, be ready and on the lookout for that. I'm super excited about it. With that, I'm going to catch you guys next week. I'll see you later. Bye.